everyone. Welcome back to the podcast and to the Future of X series, where we go deep into new and emerging tech territories. In these episodes, we discuss innovations that are underway in sectors that are fast evolving. Today, we have Vinay Bagri, co-founder and CEO of Neo Banking platform Neo, on the podcast, and we will be discussing with him the future of retail and consumer banking in India. Vinay has spent 18 years in the corporate world. most of it in the banking sector it is these insights he's bringing into neo what's special about neo is also its different approach among neo banking offerings neo is probably the only company of its kind for the suite of different banking and investment products catering to the indian consumer we want to dive into the reasons behind this strategy this is going to be a terrific episode about something we are all invested and interested in so let's dive in <laughs> Vinay, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, thank you, Anand. Awesome. So before we jump into the podcast, I'm a big fan of Neo and use the product regularly. For those who don't know what Neo is, we were brief about the product and the scale of the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, Anand. So um, uh, at Neo, we try and make banking easier, especially the the transactional and the deposit side of banking. So uh, we've got three products. Over five million use uh, users use one of the three. So one is a salary account for across segments. so it you can be a blue collared uh, customer you can use neo bharat uh, you can be a white collared salary account you can use neo x the value propositions are like 7% interest um we never uh, you know charge an unnecessary fee there are no hidden charges which you get kind of accustomed to for a bank doing it and of course my personal favorite product is neo global where uh, you can use it across the world at zero forex markup so typically 3 to 5% cheaper than anything else you would use abroad Awesome! I'm a very happy customer, so thank you. Yeah, and whenever you are you're using uh, new Anand, just uh, think of us as James Bond zero zero seven, zero commission mutual fund, zero uh, forex charges, and seven percent interest on your savings account. Thank That's you. us. Yeah. <laughs> awesome! So we're going to talk about the future of new banking today, but I want to start with your background. You've been a banker almost all your life. Tell us about the story that led up to Neo, maybe. Yeah, sure, sure. Thanks, and uh, uh, I've not always been a banker, although I I love banking. But uh, started off uh, with um, with mineral water. I was actually selling Parle, Bisleri mineral water. Okay. Um, and we at that time Parle, um, uh, you know, nobody really bought mineral water. It, you when you go to a train, you would try to you know pick it up from a railway station and things like that. So we had to create a category of mineral water, create a distribution. So I used to be on trucks. I used to be on autos, selling it myself, and selling. So very, very exciting. But realized banking is maybe a little easier. So after three, four years of uh, of, of FMCG, moved on to uh, ICICI for a very small stint, a decade in Standard Chartered Bank, and then have been banking uh, since then. Post Standard Chartered, moved on to ING, which got bought over by Kotak. and then finally thought why not create a bank of my own so, maybe so, yeah, let's yeah. double click a little bit on the banking journey itself what did you learn through that that led to you starting uh, neo yeah. so banking journey um, yeah as i mentioned started with saran chartered bank uh, fast for first 5 years i was on the asset side basically giving giving loans to people which was exciting uh, till 2008 when nobody paid you back mm. so so <laughs> that year was yeah. to move to the other side of banking So since two thousand nine, I've been uh, on the liability side, where you uh, and and wealth management, where you open savings account, current account, deposit, salary account, and upsell, cross sell wealth uh, to these customers. 
as i was getting around uh, you know 2012 2013 doing uh, both sides of banking what i realized that the world was changing dramatically and there was this company called ing direct um, back there in australia at that point in time which is the fourth largest bank in australia overall mm. second largest mortgage provider in australia without a single branch and the idea for me also was to try and do something similar where you can create a very different kind of a consumer banking model so i am a consumer banker all my life i've done consumer banking so so if you were to take consumer banking beyond let's say the metros and to different parts and to different uh, status of society mm-hmm. the branchless banking was a key and i thought uh, you know the ing direct model was very exciting mm. uh and that point in time uh, i i joined ing vyashya bank which is trying to do something similar uh and then of course kotak took over and finally kotak also launched a, a version almost i would say of ing uh, direct which is kotak 811 today uh and then i wanted to do something similar on my own so that's that's the journey but the inspiration was uh, was was in ing direct where you were able to offer not only the regular banking products but something which is which takes a lot more involvement like a mortgage product without a single branch got it so okay. very very exciting model i thought and then going out starting a bank of your own like maybe just walk us through that journey like or a new bank of your own and what were the what was the initial hypothesis how was that changed over time yeah yeah the hypothesis uh, i am always was that can you innovate can you do something on a user experience uh, which is different and when we looked across uh, what was happening around and i gave an example of ing direct but there were many such examples uh, happening that can you do something like that in india to change the scope because everybody knows it's a large market mm-hmm. a billion or people 200 300 million people who are ready for full fledged banking so it's it's a very large consumer banking market and the regulators and the 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 overall environment is also very conducive while everybody talks about regulators but if you look at what has happened in india in the last decade or two decades with aadhar uadi um biometric it's been a dramatic change in infrastructure and regulators caught up with that mm-hmm. and has made things easier and easier allowing companies like us to innovate mm-hmm. so it was a very very exciting uh, phase in time i thought uh, you know it was a great time to get in when all this was kind of moving at a very fast pace so the first product when we launched was actually a prepaid card when was but, this uh, this was 2016 okay so while the form factor was prepaid but as i as i mentioned anand that the, the things were moving very fast from a, a, a banking perspective especially in kyc so pre 2016 if you had to do a kyc for a customer it which is required know your customer uh, to to open an account it used to be a very heavy operational process you had to really know you, you had to go <laughs> physically <laughs> you had to really know the customer yeah, yeah. and you'd be a stream of paperwork it'll go through and uh, very very difficult to execute and naturally the cost was also in proportion mm-hmm. but in 2016 as i mentioned with with uadi and regulator also catching matching pace things were changing and then uh, you know you could do it with an otp with a biometric um, so it became much less costlier than what it, what it would be and allowed a lot of companies like us to innovate so the mm-hmm. first product we launched was prepaid but what being a banker i am always little conservative around uh, kyc compliances risk because the two things which can bank bring a bank down very very fast mm-hmm. is if you are not compliant or if you lend without really really doing diligence there so very very uh, we are very careful about compliance so we always wanted to do full kyc customer 
so in a, in our um, like entire journey of prepaid we have never onboarded a minimum kyc customer it's always been full kyc mm. but the innovation we did in prepaid anand was that at that time there was no, nothing called as multi wallet mm. the prepaid was a very uh, you know simple product you load money you use money almost like a wallet but what we did was we created multiple wallets in a single prepaid card and the use cases then emerged were were, were many so at one end it became like a, if you have a general wallet it became like a salary account for blue collar employees because i was able to convert a prepaid at top of it a with a virtual account uh, which was very close to a salary account mm. so uh, a, a, a blue collar employee could not afford a salary account of a normal bank but they are costly they've got their own compulsions but on a prepaid it make it made it very easy for them and we made an app which had multilingual 12 languages uh, it also spoke back in case you are illiterate so very very targeted to that segment or build on prepaid which continues to be a flagship product we are the largest salary account bank uh, for blue collar even today in india mm. uh, and then the other one on the other end what i could also do was create these wallets for taxpayers where they could use these wallets to save taxes especially salaried people you just load money in different wallets food wallet and education wallet and conveyance wallet and when you spend the card will identify where you are spending pull the money from the right wallet and create a record for you which you can either give to your employer or to your chartered accountant mm. uh, to save taxes this is for the same audience or a different audience completely different audience because okay. the, the blue collar yeah they won't will not have even have money to do that. Yeah, yeah. so for them it was a salary account where you get a salary account peaceful nice yeah, yeah. in all kind of languages enjoy it okay for a salaried customer this was like with a salary account have this card which is like a tax saving card got it okay so you know that was our initial journey getting into banking on on both white collared segment and blue collared segment to kick off with and both doing extremely well mm-hmm. uh and then finally you know i had just this uh, i was traveling uh, i still remember somewhere in, in in europe where my forex card got eaten up by an atm mm. so i put it in and never came out <laughs> <laughs> and, and i was not carrying a backup i don't know what yeah. to do yeah uh so suddenly i i realized that i'd got some money on my tax saving card okay uh so i thought why not maybe i try it and it, it worked there mm. and on top of it it was much cheaper than my forex card so then i i i yeah, new tax saving the card the new tax saving card okay so then i kind of wrote back to our team there the what is happening not only is this working hmm. but it seems to be working really well and not charging me anything is there we we forgot to put the forex markup which every, <laughs> yeah. which every bank puts because nobody expecting a tax saving card to be used abroad yeah and then i thought well this is a great idea to actually do a, a forex card that you just load your own money and you you know use it uh, anywhere in the world and uh, like initially accidentally forgot forgot to put the charge but why not you know not put any charge itself because we were anyway make money from the from the retail merchant mm-hmm. who's where the card is getting swiped mm. so that was the genesis behind neo global card and then that that business grew at such a pace on that we thought that uh, we are better off not doing the tax business and just focusing because the segment is similar taxpayers who travel abroad uh, but the amount of money used is disproportionate because every time you travel abroad it'll be lakhs as a tax saving would be 2000 rupees on food and 3000 rupees conveyance it was not really making too much uh, revenue this was really shaking it so then we basically uh, decided to focus on these two products mm. so one is a salary account for bharat very different product very b2b product b2b to c in a way and the travel product which is very b2c and initially we chose the the most difficult customer segment 
So in a sense that we said that why don't we do it in IIMs? Because every IIM student has to go on an exchange program abroad. Mm. And they're very discerning. If there's any issue, uh, you know, they would be very vocal about it. They would write in social media. They'll not be shy to write to the company or the founders. And it, it was like a great way to build a product. Mm-hmm. So we did that. And uh, today, uh, we're very proud to say that if I take all IMs and their exchange students, we would own maybe 80% plus shares. Got it. This uh, is a new global product. The new global product. And uh, students loved it. And when we were finally sure, we rolled it out. And it was growing at a disproportionate uh, it surprised us also the adoption and the growth which you saw in your global product till COVID happened. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly nobody was traveling abroad. Yeah. So we had to pivot again. Uh, and uh, again, we were very lucky that at point in time, banks had evolved. That in 2016, if I went to some bank and told them that I want to do an integration into core banking, they would have a heart attack, mm-hmm. most of them, mostly. Yeah. But things had changed in 2020 when people were open to you know, the idea of uh, us integrating in core banking. Also, people had seen the power of Neo Global. So, a lot of CEOs um, were actually bank CEOs were using Neo Global card. Mm. Uh, so, they they thought that there is something in the partnership and they were open to us and integrating. And we were very thankful uh, to our partner banks, IDFC initially, and Equitas later on. Um, and DCB, of course, originally, uh, you know, gave us this opportunity to do the product. And then uh, uh, we were able to kind of upgrade Neo Global, which was a travel related product to a full-fledged savings account Neo banking product. Got it. This is Neo X, right? This is Neo X. Got it. Okay. Uh, who's the customer? Talk to us a little bit about that product and, and, and its evolution, how it, how it is now. Yeah. Yeah. So Neo X is, um, you know, what we would originally would have loved to do uh, when we were starting back in 2016. Because what it does is it really brings democracy to savings account. Mm. Uh, because the idea to do a savings account which is built on unit economics in the sense that the cost benefit which you get of digitizing a savings account where the country has moved to, you pass on that benefit to a consumer. Mm. And to make it uh, really comfortable to use, like if you, for whatever reason as a consumer, not able to maintain average balance, then you're not worried about getting charged. If you have a lot of money and you want to keep beyond a certain amount, then can I give you an interest which is disproportionate which is higher than what the market gives you. If you want to make an investment into a mutual fund, and uh, you know, a decade ago, almost all investments or, or uh, the biggest set of investments into uh, mutual funds used to happen through banking partners. Mm-hmm. And things changed because others innovated where banks did not. So here, if you want to make a mutual fund, then you can still make it at zero commission. So we wanted to combine these few things together. And of course, called it uh, 007. Uh, you know, easy to remember. James Bond like. James Bond like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it makes it easy to remember. Yeah. And of course, it's, it's got a nice feel to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and bring this whole value proposition together for the customer mm-hmm. where they get the best of uh, the world in case you don't have money. You get the best of the world in case you've got money. And you got best of the world in case you want to invest. So we called it like a two-in-one account, a wealth management account, a savings account. And of course, you could use it transactionally. So what happened as a result, Anand, was that while the normal advice is that you build a product for one segment, but consumer banking that way is slightly different. That there are a lot of segments which are interlap, overlapping, and um, have a have a different use case. And if you want to build a really large consumer bank, then you have to solve for at least two three segments together mm. uh, to grow at a certain pace. And hence, what happened is that for a segment which is affluent segment, 
we had the facilities like a 7% and zero forex mm-hmm. that is been across in all neo products 10% interest on, 7% on interest on a savings account mm-hmm. and zero forex when you travel abroad on your uh, on your debit card so these two attracted a lot of affluent customer set to us like 15 20% of the customer set is affluent mm. the second set of customers are who just want a great experience in banking so they've used their earlier banks either the ui ux doesn't look like a bank or the experience the customer service is not what they would expect uh, having gotten used to a lot of um, uh, typical digital products so that set is like a 50 60% i would say salaried customers uh, young millennial uh, very impatient they want the customer service right there and there they want the account open in 100 seconds uh they want more of everything so so that segment became a, a large customer segment so if we were to look at uh maybe 70% 80% of my customers they would be age group between 22 and 35 mm. um and hence when we first advertise anand uh the core theme was just can't wait because that kind of defines this customer segment mm. that you want you want every, everything fast so hence our account opening was 100 seconds the fastest in the country uh you always want more so here's the 7% because it's the maximum you can get mm. so always want more and just can't wait with the two themes uh on which we had built our marketing campaign and then of course there was other seg- customer segment who just loved the uh the comfort of transaction the way the uh, you could read your uh, statements the way you could do filters and the way you interact with the app and you're able to do wealth management seamlessly so another 20 30% customer like that got it but the common theme was young uh and somebody who wants a banking experience better than what they've been getting so far got it no that's super helpful so maybe that's now given us a good context of what neo does your background how you got that so let's jump into the future of neo banking maybe just talk a little bit about what is the future hold maybe some of it you already touched upon but where are we now in that journey and then your view of where is it going yeah so in terms of journey anand i think neo banking is is very 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 nascent journey in india today if i were to look at total bankable population in india who would like to have a good consumer banking experience uh would be maybe 200 million users plus okay uh maybe another 100 million customers getting added who would be either reach the income level in the next 5 years or join being young you know join the economy and and be in that stage so 300 million users over the next 5 years would 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 be wanting a a great banking experience and neo banking in india all neo banking players put together will not have maybe 5 million users everybody put together mm. so it's a i would say it is very 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 young days uh, for for the industry to start but if i were to like peep into the future and look at maybe 5 10 years then maybe a little of background context will help that when you look at uh, mutual funds maybe or stocks maybe 5 uh, year earlier um used to be dominated by hdfc securities ic securities today it is dominated by players like zero dha grow um you look at insurance earlier the term insurance and some of these general insurance was completely dominated by very different players government players mm-hmm. and then came icici prudential of the world and now you got digital aquas of the world were redefining it and the market share keeps moving to innovators so similarly in consumer banking i believe it's going to happen there are these 300 million odd users who would be doing consumer banking 50% of them if not more would be doing consumer banking with either a neo banking player or some of the traditional banks who kind of evolved their uh, offerings to to look like a a neo banking offering got it 
and and what is what what are the unique things that a new bank offers that a traditional bank is not how do you comp- how does a consumer look at it and make the choice here yeah. so if you look at uniqueness from a product perspective there will be nothing unique savings account have been for ages yeah. you deposit money and you know that the money is safe somewhere you withdraw when you want to so there the uniqueness is is not uh, it's like a commodity mm-hmm. but everything else you do with the money uh and with the uh, way you transact with the money or uh, or engage with the money is where the uniqueness comes in and it starts with the experience of opening an account that how many steps can you open an account how does that journey look to you how does the um the digital app carries you through do you need a human interface to make it happen mm. similarly once an account is opened how easy it is to uh, load money in the account how easy it is to track the money can you track it how well can you track it and when you need an advice uh to either do a mutual fund investments or a stock investment do you need a human being is a human being available all the time do you need a human being or the uh the app is designed in a manner where you can do it yourself very seamlessly mm. uh you don't because most of the people really like 20 years ago everybody wanted to go to a branch or had to go to a branch for some reason mm-hmm. today if you ask anybody do you like to going to a branch i'm sure nobody was no, nobody wants to go to a branch similarly if you ask for all the people who've got rms and you ask them do you would you want to interact with a relationship manager they would say no because 90% of them are to make their own incentives mm-hmm. and and not really think from a consumer angle so you would actually not want to interact with anybody given a choice you want to do it yourself but you would want platforms which will be helping you to do it yourself and providing contextual uh, products to you for example if you're 80 years old like why why would i want to sell you a life insurance makes no sense and if you are like a 25 year old it makes a lot of sense to offer you a whole life insurance or a term life insurance so things like that uh, that if you have a credit card uh, outstanding why would i not advise you to move it to a personal loan mm. and if you can get a, a a personal loan at a good rate why would i not warn you against overrunning on your credit card outstanding if you have a home loan running which is costlier than what you can get as a customer why not advise you to do that so banking is going to completely um, move towards companies platforms neo banks who can think customer from an experience perspective and from a value perspective hence if you look at our products anand like they've been lot of neo banks who talk about experience but we've always spoken about experience and value both mm. because i need to give a great experience that is par for course but i need to constantly think of a clear tangible value for a consumer whether it is 7% interest on a savings account whether it is zero commission on a future on a forex card whether it is a loan offering which i'll do better whether it is an insurance offering which i'll do better and more contextual i have to give a clear cut value mm. uh, to a consumer and that value has to be derived from the cost efficiency which you get as a digital platform like when i open a branch in nariman point or if i do operate by opening branches there is going to be heavy cost attached to it but when i do it same sitting in whitefield in bangalore so naturally i will not have so much cost and the uh, the beauty is that if i am able to translate the cost efficiency into a cost benefit for a consumer along with a great experience is when you see this uh, like a huge migration of users uh, to a single uh, to a uh, particular platform in this case a neo bank similar to what we have, we have seen across the world got it maybe uh, like can you draw a parallel it looks like similar to retail also right it's gone through brick and mortar retail and then you have the direct to consumer 
So similar, similar thing here, but you touched upon uh, what's happened globally. Anything specific that you want to talk about there globally that has happened that is still to see in India or in Yeah, the of course. Yeah. Uh, so if you look at the the breeding uh, grounds for neo banking in the world. Yeah. So you had UK where it really started, and then you have Brazil, surprisingly Brazil, yeah. and of course you've got US and other countries. But these were the so they've got maybe a, a almost like a eight to ten years. Uh, head start head start uh, over india and it will be uh, it is great to look at what is happening and learn uh, and and expect what things to happen so when new banking started in uk everybody thought it was a fad because as the question you asked that what is what a bank can't do that you will do I mean, yeah. it's both everybody can do it mm. and people said okay it's a fad maybe people use it for consumers will use it for one thing or other but they will never make it a primary account mm. that was the assessment back then Similarly, when Brazil new new bank started, they started from a credit card platform, and everybody thought it's fine. Credit card they've given some benefit, but it will not convert to a savings account. And both uh, were proven completely wrong. Mm. Not only new bank moved to savings account, but because they had such a phenomenal NPS, that the market share is just disproportionate compared to what anybody could have imagined. Similarly, when you switch to UK, around twenty twenty five percent of all primary accounts mm. in the country are with neo banks now like nobody could have imagined that kind of uh, shift happening mm. so if you were to look at india today and like i have a neo bank and head hand at heart if you ask me how many primary accounts in india are with neo banks as a percentage it will struggle to say even 2% so the number of primary accounts which are going to migrate to neo bank is just phenomenal from what we are seeing across the world and is this because the banks the traditional banks in uk and brazil that you talked about didn't move fast enough and and the new banks moved and the same has to repeat here or like what's the or is there a structural reason why a new bank has an advantage other so, than the fact that <laughs> it's a startup yeah you know i'm a traditional banker so yeah, <laughs> would, yeah, yeah. Uh, so um, so typically what happens anand is that most banks have a lot of silos and um you typically in a bank you you come in and your stint in a particular role is 3 years 6 years mm. so to really have the vision uh and to bring all the silos together into uh something which re- which requires like a a sea change in not only thought process but in execution and also resource allocation mm. is is a very very difficult journey to to kind of cross so i i'm not saying nobody will be able to do it um but will most banks be able to move at a pace of a startup or with the commitment um, or a focus of a startup I, i'll be surprised if that happens got it yeah that's true across startups right <laughs> and and um, if you look the speed of change in india has traditionally been slower like like do you ex- what do you expect you mentioned talked about 200 300 million accounts and you're saying at 1% is there anything fundamental that you think can drive adoption faster to get to where UK has gotten you said twenty five percent. There's some regulatory um, um, changes. Like I think mutual fund is a great example. Okay. That mutual funds um, till a uh, last a, a decade ago mm-hmm. was dominated as as by some large larger players like SG Securities and mutual funds and stocks, because the onboarding the account opening was extremely cumbersome. Uh, I remember when I opened my first DMAT accounts, maybe I signed. at least 140 times before that account got opened and um uh, you know uh, the things started changing 
But the big change Anand came when you were no longer required to do KYC. Mm. If you had a KYC done earlier, you could just latch onto the same KYC and open another mutual fund account or a DMAT account, and you know things became dramatically simpler over the last ten uh, years, and especially over the last three to five years. And then so that led to a, a kind of a wave which nobody could have imagined that so many users will shift in this numbers. Uh, out of traditional players into new age players and we think banking is at at a similar stage where today it looks like a very small number which is there on neo banking and players there but once the kyc like video kyc is one step in that direction so actually banking kyc is just playing catch up to mutual fund kyc because mm. they were here you know many uh-huh. years ago and we are still catching up but once we fully catch up where you got biometric option available you got video kyc option available and the biggest one the ckyc that once you've done a bank account full fledged with another bank you don't need to do it with 10 other banks the pace of adoption you will see anand will actually shock everybody in india mm. and it is coming uh and it is it is almost like a uh, a tsunami which kind of builds up for many years and then really takes off so my guess is maybe for next few years you will still see there's a small percentage you know not nothing earth shakes but after 3 to 5 years you know it will come as a tidal wave got it and then these these are irreversible like once people start using the neo banks right that again you know because yeah. Yeah. everywhere in the world it is only 10 years so we don't know whether it will get reversed or not yeah. Yeah. unless you know uh, some neo bank um, uh, there's a deposit risk to deposits but that really scares everybody the banking is about trust mm-hmm. if okay. you don't trust your money to be safe uh then you know everybody would rush back to what happened with um, you know let's say punjab uh, mercantile bank um uh, you know everybody kind of rush back to traditional banks so those kind of things if if they happen uh, like a event like that where your deposits are no longer safe uh it can trigger but otherwise it's like, it's like very once universal. people move they stick with the they stick yeah, yeah. typical actuarial life is 5 years even with the most modern digital banking happening maybe 3 years and if you do like more than one product which typically happens for 50% of the users then you're not going going anywhere for 8 10 years Got very it. difficult and and how about the various consumer segments like you can talk about the tier 1 or we talked about bharat or blue collar like how do you see it that playing out across these various segments so one thing we have seen anand is that in india geography is no longer a like a good way to define demographics or plan hmm. like Even a, for banking even for banking okay so a, a person in let's say tier 2 town in tamil nadu compared to somebody in in delhi would actually interact very similarly with with the bank mm. uh but the defining factor is is actually the age and income they are still the defining factors that are you young because young people across the country are almost behaving similarly uh and then it is the income level that at a same income level same age group um you know you would more or less be similar actually i was quite surprised when i looked at um uh, how let's say 10 lakh being an annual income mm. salaried customer and 10 lakh annual income self employed customer how they interact with digital bank actually surprised by the similarity mm. it is very very similar can you say more what do you mean by that in a sense that um you would expect a certain investment pattern mm. that you know he would want to invest in international mutual funds uh, you would want to invest in domestic mutual funds how much you will save how much you will spend where you will spend 
how much of upi spend will be there how much of atm withdrawal will be there mm. how much of posen ecom spend will be there it's it's uncannily similar mm. so, so there is age and income you're saying age and, and income where they are in where they are uh, yeah. is really unless they are tier 3 4 5 is, is different matter okay. but 1 2 3 where they are whether they are running a shop for their dad yeah. <laughs> or uh, you know uh, working in infosys very very similar behavior and we didn't talk about one thing which is cash right so when you associate bank it talk about banking this cash there's atms and all that right to withdraw is that a gating factor when you say physical doesn't matter or as india mode like lot so the reason anand we have kept two different segments yeah. like blue collared and the other new x mm-hmm. is actually cash mm. because in a certain segment uh cash is prevalent as a as a as a currency where they think the money is safe and they would they transact in cash which is i would say income level below 15000 and that to blue collar mm. but beyond it i think india has moved away from cash so much so that our product has a one year free debit card like we issue debit card it's first year free and then you have to meet certain criteria for it to remain free free as in fees you can go withdraw anywhere and no charge no that is by law you yeah. can do cash withdrawal yeah. anywhere right. the debit card fees itself is not fees there. it's a okay. free debit card yeah and the number of messages we have got saying that we don't need the debit card why do you want to send it to us mm. like like i don't need a debit card i have a uh, a digital debit card through which i can do my ecom transactions i have got upi i don't need it mm. i don't need pos because on pos i will just do upi scan and pay mm. on ecom i'm anyway happy with doing ecom why do i need a physical card because the only uh, you know per use of physical card then is like at pos anyway you can do upi is cash withdrawal so the cash culture especially in the digital savvy income group we are operating in is is dramatically changed in last two years is it to do with covid and touch and all that or and actually it's with you ask me one answer one yeah. one uh, point answer it's true with upi nothing else nothing else. <laughs> it's a single yeah. thing because it is just so convenient because everybody is carrying phone mm. see earlier a uh, lot of times you may not be carrying your debit card but you may be carrying cash and lot of stuff things like that but with upi it is just that 90% of the time actually i forgot to carry like today i'm not carrying my wallet mm. because you you just don't need to and that has really taken everybody away from uh, from cash mm. so the biggest credit while we can say demonetization there's there's covid but the real hero is upi upi okay <laughs> cool and then we've talked about consumers and uh, and a different class kinds of consumers and all that how about does this translate to businesses as well or is it mostly retail yeah so businesses one uh, uh anand is that i have been a like a consumer banking person all my life uh so i may not be the best person to comment on business mm-hmm. although i've done business banking so far as just opening current accounts and that used to be like hell lot more difficult than what it is today but having said that businesses have a core requirement of lending uh which is which is um, way more closely linked uh, to the bank they have their current account compared to a typical uh, savings account consumer like i can very well have my savings account in x bank but take my credit card from in fact mostly i take my credit card from y personal loan from z and home loan from is completely other bank mm. so which is not so much pronounced in a current account business and typically if if that is not the case 
then i think it is going to be very difficult uh to build a large profitable franchise compared to consumer bank you can build a large consumer bank um based on the cross sell of assets and successfully imagine that you will be able to pull a user and sell assets but on a sme side maybe you will be able to open a current account but to be able to sell assets or not i i am not so sure got it okay and maybe the other thing would be you touched upon it regulation and how is that in the indian context i know that other country maybe talk about what has happened globally and then what what if anything if you had wishful thinking or <laughs> could wave a wand and make happen what would you like to see so one is the reg- regulation has moved very rapidly in the 10 years and all almost all for the positive i would say whether it is like as i mentioned biometric i mentioned video kyc um the way the monitoring is done we've been safe um very very clear thought process and i've had chance to in- interact with regulators very clear ask that you do a proper kyc so you know who you are banking with mm-hmm. you ensure that his interest is taken care of all point in time and the customer grievance etc et is addressed and his money is safe so you as long as you are doing these three four and his data is safe so you're doing these three four things to do with customers data customers money customers experience and you knowing the customer so that money laundering is not happening as long as you're doing these four things well actually the regulators would want to work with you to bring more and more innovation uh, to to any product including banking so that's been my overall overall experience but if i were to take like particularly neo banking how it has moved across the world in regulation and where india has to still catch up uh, is maybe we are again a few years behind that uh, there is open banking across um, uh, uk which is like really taken to a next level where mandatory open banking almost what does that mean uh, it means that you know some very similar to let's say what we have in our uh, account aggregator framework that if the customer wants you have to share the data mm. um and that if you couple with the a ckyc like an experience that if you open account elsewhere you don't need to do kyc again is a very powerful kind of a tool so in our case ckyc is still not there for bank accounts it's there only for wealth management so if you are to ask ask me as a as an ex banker as a neo banker you know what is the one thing i would need i would just say if if ckyc uh, is like made easy for opening bank account like a big battle one and second one of course is the license itself that india the licensing today does not include digital bank as a license because maybe regulator is still trying to figure out that will digital banking be good for consumers or how it will be good for consumers in terms of inclusion in terms of uh, getting them better services and in terms of meeting the safety standards which rbi has maintained um, over all these decades for india mm. and i think once they get these answers we should also be really moving uh, equivalent to what is happening around the world where there is a clear cut digital bank license you can take a license and you don't have the compulsion to open branches a uh, compulsion to lend to a certain sector you can operate a, a, a full fledged bank account completely on the cloud got it um as we get uh, get ready to conclude any other bottlenecks that you think of achieving the vision that you talked about of the future no no uh, so uh, from bottleneck perspective um i would say regulations will keep evolving so would be our asks <laughs> but as of now um a kyc process especially the ckyc process that can happen or is already there in the in the wealth management industry um why not in banking and of course there there are move towards making it happen so that will be very very exciting for us 
other than that clarity in the two models like whether we do a digital bank license itself great if not then like the co-branding guidelines which are just there and uh, there are some points there which we need to again debate um, and we sure we'll be able to solve that but once there a guideline to operate a neo banking framework in one of these two modes either in partnership with some bank who's who uh, who's aligned to your vision like what is happening in us with chime and bankop both of them are very clear of their roles mm. and the regulator is fine with each playing their role so something like that being like clearly in black and white in india and uh, of course um, uh, ideally a digital bank license so that we have a choice of which model we want to choose so yeah. i think if these two three things can happen um then yeah of course it it's about my vision of uh, of uh, neo banking but more it is about the the thing i mentioned um, anand about bringing democracy to consumer banking like today a, a lot of bank, banks do not offer um a zero balance account to non salaried customer mm. but if the behavior of the customer if the value of the customer is very similar to a self employed customer then why not um and a lot of these innovations can come in with neo banks a lot of this uh then uh, i would say the power of choosing your bank and having a lot more choices in the hands of consumer can happen with neo banks so i think and also the switching right so yeah if the switching everything. is easy yeah um yeah. Uh, then then it it makes it so much more democratic got it so lots to like about india is a very young country the demographics you talked about growing income right the infrastructure is there and neo is there willing yeah. to help <laughs> them so uh, wish you the very best as you set out on changing the world way the india indians bank here and wish you and the team the very best thanks for joining Thank you thank you Anand for all the support and uh, once again uh, thanks a lot for for inviting me for this podcast Awesome thank you Hope you enjoyed the chat with Vinay there was a lot we spoke about and it's going to take some time for us to digest I enjoyed the conversation very much and hope you did too Thank you for listening please do tweet us at axel_india if you have any feedback for us And also please subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already our website is seedtoscale.com/insights where you can find other such episodes from our series that's all from us for today thank you and stay safe